recording in progress. <laughs> okay, so do you, do you want to do that um, intro? Boom, 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 boom. If you like to waltz with potatoes up, up and down the produce aisle, have we got a show for you. Welcome back to A Grown-Up's Guide to VeggieTales podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, but you can call me JP. And welcome to this interview with my sister, Anna, from another city in Australia, so um, you um, you have three kids, don't you, Anna? I think so. Last I checked. And how old are they? Uh, the eldest is nearly eight and the youngest is four and a half. And there's one in between who's six. Cool. And what do they think of VeggieTales? Uh, we've had a few false starts with VeggieTales over the years. Like I tried to get them into it when they were really still too young to have the attention span. But um, in the last couple months, they've watched basically one a day. And through some of the other VeggieTales merch, they've become familiar with the characters over the years, even when they haven't been watching episodes. So now that they're watching them, the characters are really familiar to them already and they already know some of the stories and some of the songs and they just love it at the moment. And your, uh, one of your kids has a VeggieTales Bible, don't they? Yeah, so that was a gift when um, she was baptised as a baby. And it's amazing because it's full text Bible, like it's a solid thick one, but um, they also have full colour glossy pages inserted, which are sort of cartoon versions of the VeggieTales stories. And it's a great selection, maybe up to 10 stories throughout the Bible. And so things like the rhyme of Flipperaloo and Jibbity Lot about the Good Samaritan, the kids have been able to read that in the Bible without watching it all the time, but still getting the effect of the story and a hint of each song as the lines are in there. And there's Queen Esther and uh, Dave and the Giant Pickle and, um, yeah, just an excellent range of stories throughout the Bible. Sure. And what has their response to the episodes been like? They just love it. They're engaged from start to end. They laugh at the jokes and they are fully um, emotionally linked with Larry and all of his ups and downs and they learn the songs so fast. My six-year-old has a great memory and so we might watch an episode one time and after that he's just singing the songs and making up his own versions of the songs and really enjoying it in incorporating it into his play as well. Cool. And is that the one that I gave the Larry Mobile to a while ago? Yes, he loves the Larry Mobile. He's um, thankfully turned off the sounds by, I think, removing a battery, which was a relief. But um, <laughs> he has Larry and Archibald characters and they can go in the Larry Mobile, but also other toys get in there sometimes and they can shoot around and it's pretty cool. Yeah, cool. That's that's one of the coolest toys that VeggieTales released. I've mentioned that on my Larry Boy yeah. podcast. Fragile that's plungers, though. Fragile plungers. <laughs> fragile plungers. And they've had to be super glued on a few times. <laughs> <laughs> when I had it, I just did the thing that I've heard um, people say, um, 
that for kids, toys are play, and for adults, they are display. I would disagree with that strongly. Do you play with your kids' toys? I play with my own toys. (laughs) I was given for my 30th birthday, my friends very kindly bought me the brand new Bluey Granny figurines, and they have given me hours of fun since then. That's awesome. And what do you like about VeggieTales? Almost everything. Um, I mean, obviously, it's really nostalgic for me because I grew up with them in the 90s in the VeggieTales heyday when every episode was just delightful and uh, possible to watch over and over and over without it really ever getting old. Mm. The songs have been influential as well, um, like even as lullabies for my children before we ever started watching VeggieTales with them, right. um, like the song from Esther, The Battle Is Not Ours, and Junior Asparagus's song um, that he learnt from his mother in Rack Shack and Benny, you know, God is bigger than the boogeyman. Yeah. There have just been so many that have um, helped me both as a child and as an adult work through issues that children face all the time. Yeah, that's interesting because a lot of people, when they think of VeggieTales, just think of the silly songs like the hairbrush song and things like that. Well, and I mean, when you're in a really low spot, singing the lip song does actually cheer you up. So there's definitely validity to that. Yeah, I I know. And if you listen to my previous episode, um, I Love My Lips was my number one silly song out of my top five. Absolutely. It's fantastic. I can still sing the entire thing word for word. Awesome. Um, and Anna, do you see VeggieTales for your kids as primarily entertainment or Christian teaching? Both. I mean, some of the more recent episodes, I mean, honestly, I watch most of the classics with my kids and we hardly ever dip into the newer ones, but we have watched a few of them. Like recently, Naaman Takes a Bath came out and they were really excited about that. And we watched that together yesterday. Um, but, you know, in the moments when it gets a little bit too uh, overtly didactic or preachy, which I think is more common in the later era, Mm. um, it does lose something. And so the fact that those early episodes had such an amazing balance of frivolity and whimsical um, attitudes from all of the characters and and different uh, lighthearted elements, that really made it possible for kids to absorb the deeper messages as well. And I don't think that you can um, produce the same quality if you only focus on one or the other. In what you're saying, like the ones on Yippie, the VeggieTales show, they do have a lot of times when the characters are kind of preaching or saying yeah. lessons from the Bible. Like we need to give kids credit for the fact that they can make the links really well um they don't need someone to stand up looking directly at camera explaining what jesus meant by this particular story of the good samaritan they can absorb that from seeing it played out and come to their own conclusions as they mull over the songs and the Mm. um storytelling and the plight that larry was in and so i think it's a bit of a pity when some of the newer episodes have resorted to that more direct um, defining of the moral because I don't know that that's always necessary. The kids can actually get to that conclusion on their own and have a great time getting there. Yeah, that's a good point. Like don't underestimate what kids can figure out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just um, 
recently we watched the uh, Pirates Who Don't Do Anything movie and I hadn't seen it. You had lent us a DVD of it years ago and we had not watched it, but we did. And the kids got to the end of it and they were like, but that wasn't a Bible story. And there wasn't a silly song. They realised it was a different format from the normal episodes. But then we were talking about it and I was saying, is there anything from that story that does remind you of God or what it's like following Jesus? And as we talked about it, they came to the conclusions by themselves that the king was a lot like God and they needed to trust the king in their adventure and being a hero didn't mean what they thought it meant at first, it actually meant trusting the king that he knew what was best and following him and resisting that temptation to give up or to lie down and eat cheese curls or yeah. <laughs> whatever it was. And so it actually benefited them more having to do that work, I think, than, uh, you know, having the wrap-up moral message at the end that kind of gives them all the clues rather than letting them work it out. Yeah, and as lots of listeners would know, like Phil Vischer, after creating VeggieTales, after some time created the What's in the Bible series, which is like a 13-hour overview of the Bible for kids using puppets. And maybe after doing that and realising the original VeggieTales was more story-focused and moral-focused rather than theology, maybe that's the reason why he then, when the new ones, some of them he wrote, um, they're more preachy, kind of trying to get that Bible lesson. He was in that mode, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not criticising it at all. I think that they're still amazing and the kids still really loved Name and Takes a Bath, even though the story itself only contained one song that was reprised about five times. <laughs> um, yeah, they still got a lot out of it. But, yeah, I just I am biased towards those old classics. Yeah, the other thing that I'm really impressed with is that VeggieTales hasn't shied away from some of the difficult stories. One of my frustrations as a mum with young children and trying to share um, all parts of the Bible with them, not just the highlights, I've been so frustrated by kids' Bible story books that only have David and Goliath and Jonah and the whale and Noah's Ark and Jesus being born and the Easter story, and that's it. Like Mm. it leaves out so much of the richness of the text, not to mention the, the offensive nature of a pink flowery little girl's first Bible stories book that only has stories about male <laughs> characters from the Bible. Oh, that was a tough one. But, um, but in VeggieTales, they don't avoid the tricky stories. They tackle David and Bathsheba and David's plot to murder Uriah. And all they have to do is put it in a fantasy setting where the king is obsessed with a ducky instead of a woman because actually the sexual nature of that sin was not the true sin. The true sin was more complex than that and that all comes out and the way that he learns his lesson from the prophet comes out in the VeggieTales version in a way that children can grasp even Mm. without having to dip into the gory details of the real story. Mm. And that's just the creativity that went into that is just amazing for children to learn from a story that most people would think is inappropriate. But actually they can have it presented to them in a way that works and that's been my goal through teaching them a lot of parts of the Bible that people often overlook for children. Yeah, thanks, Anna. And what kind of questions have they brought to you in relation to VeggieTales? 
if any? Good question. Um, why don't cucumbers have hair? We were discussing <laughs> that at dinner at length. Um, maybe the hairbrush was a gift. We don't know. Did it have sentimental value? Clearly it had sentimental value. You can tell that. Yeah. I mean, often they're asking about how accurately the VeggieTales story reflects what's in the Bible. Awesome. So they say things like, did the angel who visited Gideon really stay with him through the whole process of preparing for battle? Which is a really acute uh, question to ask because they're not asking, you know, did the angel really do a song and dance with backup singers and a brass band? Because they know that that's a part that was added for VeggieTales. They're, they're clever enough to figure that out, but they do want to see how much it overlaps. And so I had to really think about it. Does Like I have to go back to the Bible and actually check it out. Does the angel stay with Gideon through that process, giving him that information that, you know, the group is still too large, you need to do this test, that kind of thing? Or does the angel given the first message with his instructions and then nick off. I'm not sure. I have to go back and check. And so it really challenges me to um, push my own understanding of the biblical text as well in response to the kids' questions. That's a good point. I remember recently last year I was helping teach like a, an Old Testament overview to some teenagers at church. And I was like basically doing a dot point of like the main historical things that lead through the Old Testament. Then I thought... I don't really know how the transition happened between like the king split kingdom in Israel and the exile. So I ended up having to research that and it shows how much trying to teach something means you need to know what you're teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just looking forward to the VeggieTale episode where they tackle that one and they use the exile pun to full effect. That'll be great. <laughs> the exile. <laughs> well, mostly egg words like excellent. So you I could do so much with that. That's awesome. <laughs> and so you said to me a few weeks ago that the episodes from like 25 years ago are timeless and they still keep the kids' attention. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, to be honest, the animation style was uh, really up to date for its time at that point anyway. And so that has aged well, even though the technology has improved in a lot of ways what they did then is still really engaging for kids now so they're not distracted by it being an old style or anything um which is the first thing but also the stories and songs are not they're not so tightly linked to the culture of the time that they stay there like the kids don't need a rundown of what life was like in the 90s in order to understand the interactions and the jokes, they really sit a little bit aside from some of those. And, I mean, there's always going to be a couple of references like Star Trek references or something that the children don't get, and those are just great Easter eggs sitting in there for adults to enjoy. On the whole, the makers of VeggieTales in that time period didn't rely on um, current culture very much at all to create an engaging storytelling experience. Mm. And I think also the Bible is timeless. God's word is timeless. So that's a win. That's right. I said to a friend once, like, we'll always be people, no matter what, like, technological advances come in, we'll always have that heart there. What is the funniest thing in VeggieTales? I mean, the veggies in space, the, the last frontier, is that what it's the called? The fennel frontier. The fennel frontier, yeah. That one just has joke after joke and reference after reference and I don't even 
get quite all of them. So, I mean, I really enjoy that one as an adult. But um, the funniest thing overall, again, this this relationship has evolved over time, but really that interplay between Bob and Larry and the way that Larry is so, like you can label him as silly or immature, but really he's coming with that childlike faith that Jesus commends and he's so uh, innocent and forthright and um, clear and engaging and Bob is just his perfect straight man. I think that's partly why they were able to um, avoid having the direct didactic approach because Bob was never really preaching that much at the kids who were watching. He was always teaching Larry the lessons (laughs) and so the kids learn alongside Larry. That's not the funniest thing, is it? But that's something that I really value. That's okay. Um, If you ask me my favourite silly song, we could talk about that. Okay, let's do that. (laughs) What's your favourite silly song, Anna? (laughs) Um, Well, uh, (laughs) there's obviously the different genres of silly song because there's the one that Bob did that was the karaoke and then there's Mr. Lunt's love song and there's, there's variations. But, yeah, the lip song always takes first place. For me, there's just so much psychoanalysis buried in there. It's amazing. I mean, if your lips went to Duluth and left a mess and took your tooth, would you be calling your dad? Is that the person you would call? I don't know. Just have to question myself. (laughs) I just find the execution of that song is just brilliant because Larry (laughs) is so authentic in the way he's speaking and he doesn't care what Archibald thinks. (laughs) (laughs) And he feels that this relationship with his lips is significant enough to go to therapy about. And on the day I got my tooth, I had to kiss my great aunt Ruth. She had a beard and it felt weird. I see. She had a beard and it felt weird. She had a beard. And days after I turned eight, I got my lips stuck in a gate. My friends all laughed. And I just stood there until the fire department came and broke the lock with a crowbar and I had to spend the next six weeks in lip rehab with this kid named Oscar who got stung by a bee right on the lip and we couldn't even talk to each other until the fifth week because the fifth week because both of our lips were so swollen. And when we did start speaking, he just spoke Polish and before I only knew like three words in Polish, but now I know four because Oscar told me the word for lip, Usta. Your friends all laughed. Usta? Good point. Oh, the other, the other one I love is singing the blues. He's singing the blues and that's one that I riff on and sort of play with as well around the house or have been recently (laughs) because Larry's trying to sing the blues but he's just singing about all the things he's grateful for and he's just loving life no matter what happens and every challenge that comes along and every time his treat is smashed on the ground, he just picks himself up again and looks to the next good thing (laughs) and it's such a beautiful attitude. And Blind Lemon Lincoln, the blues singer, just gets so frustrated. Yeah, that's tough love. Trying to teach him to sing the blues by destroying everything he likes. Yeah. On the topic of silly songs, I really like Sneeze If You Need To. Have you seen that one? Is that a newer one? I haven't seen that. It's from, I think it's from Abe and the Amazing Promise. which. But it's funny visually because it ends up with, like, Bob in a doctor's office sneezing and rolling around on the floor, knocking down like the walls on the countertop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, another excellent one is the Christmas one. Oh, Santa. And, (laughs) and, you know, he comes, 
Um, he's so, <laughs> my kids are singing it in the background. Yeah. He's so welcoming to all the different characters that come to his house, even the robber that's trying to rob from him. And, <laughs> and then the tax man comes and he just gets the door slammed in his face. Larry's so welcoming to everyone, but the tax man is not welcome. And I'm like, oh, they could build so much on that because that's the attitude that we see in the New Testament when Jesus is actually embracing even the tax collectors, even the IRS guy that Larry won't even welcome, as soft-hearted as Larry is. Jesus welcomes the tax man. Like, I just, I would love to see them elaborate on that. Yeah, like Matthew the tax collector. Yeah, yeah. I'm from the IRS. Let <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. well, I leave it there, Anna. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Grown Up's Guide to VeggieTales podcast. Can you please lead out with uh, Bob and Larry's famous quote? So as Bob and Larry would say, God made made you you special and he loves you very much. Goodbye. I have a delay when you sing. (laughs) That's how you sing on Zoom. Have you ever tried to sing happy birthday on Zoom?